The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and thanks a lot for tuning in to episode 95 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie. Uh, first off, I just want to give a quick shout out to say we really appreciate the feedback on Instagram where my big face is on display for a minute or so with our summed up in 60 series purely for there. Um, really grateful for the support, plus of course the downloads for the last episode of GigPod are officially now the highest we've ever had. It's amazing, isn't it, John? It certainly is. Hello, everybody. Uh, thanks, as I said the other day, thanks, everybody, for looking at the Instagram and down, all the downloads that we've been getting. It's, it's sensational. So thanks very much, everybody. And hopefully, as Celtic keep getting better, the downloads will get bigger and bigger. I also saw recently, John, on social media, you were glorified as a legend for your five cans with no hangover. People were lauding it. I don't like to encourage that sort of thing. That was only a one-off because uh, of Celtic's triumph. I doubt I'll be doing that on Wednesday night, although you never know. Maybe if we, we get a last-minute winner, I'll decide to drink five cans in a very short period of time. But I'm going to a gig on Thursday and I don't want to be hangover, so so maybe no. Well, don't worry, John. If we score a last-minute goal this time against Aberdeen, I won't just politely applaud it. <laughs> no, no, it means more now, of course, of course. A wee in joke there for the fans, but we won't elaborate on. Right, so anyway, I'm joined by Rizzo to discuss Murderable Now, Celtic 4, and on this one, episode 95, we're also going to look ahead to Petaudry and Wednesday night. First off, John, we're still top of the league. How class is that? 
Aye, it's great to still be top of the league, of course, uh, where we belong. What players impressed you the most for us? Definitely Tom Rogic, John. I mean, I was a critic of Tom Rogic in the past for never raising it week after week. And he was just slotted right back into the team. Now, in the past, John, Tom Rogic would have, you know, there would have been a, a laziness or a staleness to his play, especially when he was on an in, uh, international duty. But yesterday, John, it was almost like he wasn't away. He just made it look so effortless yesterday. I mean, that first goal, his all-round performance, his fitness now has came on. John McGinley made a good point when I was watching 6-7 Hail Hail yesterday. Now, he said that he doesn't quite feel Ange has transformed Rogic. Like Rogic has actually taken his performance to a new level, and I would say I agree with that. I think you've got to give Rogic a lot of credit as well. I mean, the position he was in, especially last season and in the summer. John, he could have easily been one of the first players out the door, uh, but he has been absolutely marvellous. And it wasn't just his goals and everything yesterday, John. It was his positioning. He just knew where the ball was going to be. His reading of the game was fantastic. I thought Greg Taylor was good as well yesterday. Uh, great ball to Hitati, who played in Abada for the first goal. Actually, Abada as well for his finish and also his assist for Rogic. But... John, that first half, real Hitati. I haven't seen all the game back, but there was a bit, I'm not talking about his assist, there was a bit with Hitati in the first half, like maybe 30 minutes or so, and he just played it to Abada with, with it outside his left foot. Perfect weight on it, he made it look so easy. It's one of the, you know, it's one of the ones where a lot of other players would have tried to do it, but it would have been, I mean, I'm sure they'd probably execute it, but the ball would have probably been too far ahead of Abada or maybe behind him. Abada just needed to run onto it, and it was, honestly, Hatati just made that look so simple. I thought, you know, the entire side, John, if I'm singling out these players, yeah, but the entire side were just brilliant to watch yesterday. I would, you know, I said, Ange Ball for me, I never shut up about the 3-0 one at Tanadice in December. I was so buzzing after it. I was smiling from ear to ear. Yesterday, that was just another level. If, you know, to even be, to beat that performance at Tanadice said something, but we absolutely obliterated it. It wasn't just a, a wee bit better. Like, it was another level to that. Celtic were wonderful to watch. We all that pressure on us. We finally, you know, being at the summit and everything and couldn't afford any slip-ups with Rangers playing at home. Celtic just showed all the doubters that, you know, we really deserve to be at the top of the table now. It was a great team performance and I loved every minute of it. Aye. Uh, it was uh, fantastic, aye. And, uh, Imagine being in such a position where you can take off two of your most important players at halftime when we took off Hitati and Abida. That just shows how strong the Celtic uh, squad is at the moment. And I want to give a shout-out to Gigi, who I thought was absolutely excellent. I thought he caused Motherwell all kinds of problems. He was unlucky not to score for the second game in a row. And I think he really offers a different dimension to the team. His play holding the ball up was excellent. I think he's a very good player, and I think... He might end up losing his place in the team soon, especially when Kyo goes back because he doesn't score every week. But I think he adds an extra dimension to the team. And I would keep him in the team for Wednesday night because that'll be a... We'll talk about that a bit more later, but that'll not be an easy game. We should still win, but it, we don't always go up there and hammer Aberdeen. That's not happened for years. And I think that's the sort of game that he'd thrive in. I've seen on some forums people saying the lack of goals are a concern. I genuinely don't think that's a problem and I'll tell you why John I think we're this Ange team we are set up to score goals all over the park I don't think it's just on GG now like last season and maybe the season before John 
we always relied on Edward to score. Now, if Odson Edward wasn't scoring, Celtic had a problem. It was like, oh, we're not going to make the breakthrough here. In this Celtic team, there's goals everywhere. Gigi isn't hitting the net. Fine. Okay. There's a badder scoring, for example. There's Tom Rogic scoring. There's Maeda as well popping in with a goal. And, you know, even all over the in that midfield, John, I also fancy Hitati who's been scoring as well. And you, it's only a matter of time, isn't it, before Matt O'Reilly starts scoring as well. He's such a threat and he looks like a cracking sort of buy as well for us. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a problem. Gigi, as you're saying, there was a bit in the first half where there was like four Marrow players around him. He still came out of the situation with the ball. He looked like he enjoyed it yesterday too. Like there was none of this just because he didn't score. Like he was going off in a huff. Like, I think now Ange trusts him and Ange knows what he can offer to the team. And I love seeing it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think for Aberdeen, which we will come on to, I would have no problem having Gigi there. I do have a feeling he's going to put Maeda through the middle. But I think we're now in a position, John, aren't we? Well, we've got a system. The players know their roles. And even if Gigi's not starting, you fancy him to come on and cause a team border with the way he plays? Yep, as The Rock would say, they know their roles. <laughs> A wee wrestling reference for the fans. But uh, no, I, I thought it was the best performance of the season because even though everybody, understandably, was eulogising about how brilliant we were against Rangers, we didn't really do much in the second half. Obviously, that's because Rangers controlled the game for the for 25th minute. But uh, no, I thought we were constantly trying to score more goals. And Anne said after the game that he wants to try and score as many goals as possible. We'll play until we drop, we'll score five, six, seven goals if we can, and if it wasn't for Liam Kelly, we really could have scored five or six or seven goals, he'd done about three or four brilliant saves, I mean, that one for Forrest, for his header, was a great save, the one for Abada, no, the one for uh, Jota in the second half, I mean, I thought he stopped us scoring a barrel just then, it was really encouraging how, even though we made changes, it didn't affect the team, and as you say, the system works, everybody knows our place, and I think that's the way Ange wants to play his football, and I can't see that changing. Maybe if we've got a a tough away game in Europe, we might change it. But I think, like when we go to Ibrox in April, I think we'll play the same system, and I don't see why it wouldn't work again. But there's only one point in it. But at the moment, we're like the best team in Scotland. We've scored the most goals, conceded the least. That I mean, in the league. So no, as you said, it's it's all going well, and I really think that was our, our best performance of the season yesterday. I was slightly worried we were going to slip up, but as soon as we scored that first goal, it was just like we turned the switch on and we were unstoppable. i got to say, man, I didn't really feel as if yesterday was going to be a problem, and I wasn't saying that in a disrespectful way. No longer do I just feel it's going to be the 5 and 6 nils, like I was feeling under Brendan Rodgers, you know. It's not about Murrable, and it's not about disrespecting them, it's about just how good this Celtic side are now. We've really got into a rhythm and you can tell the players are really just going that extra mile now for the manager. I think what was good about it, John, is you know the last time we were on a real emphatic high after we won the cup and then we went to St Mirren and it was a bit of a hangover. Like yesterday, I didn't feel that was going to be the case. Like I hope the players learned from that. But then you look at the St Mirren game as well. We didn't really have a an outball. We had a depleted squad and I think it was like when we were... Ravis wasn't it by COVID and I know St Johnston as well with the same type of scenario on the side but I never went into the game John thinking we were going to be threatened at any point I mean Fur Park is now becoming a routine place for us to go I think when we were speaking in October the last time we lost there may have been 2012 I think the Michael Higdon game wasn't it I think it was 2012 uh, 
Yeah, I think we lost 3-1. I think Gary Hooper scored for us. I think that was 2012 or 2013. It's definitely about 9 or 10 years since we lost there anyway. Yeah, so I, I really didn't feel, especially when you look at Motherwood, the way they set up against us in October. They played that 4-3-3. And then at Celtic Park as well, they played the exact same system. And we didn't have a striker. And we were there to be got at at that time. And Motherwood didn't really, you know, lay a glove on us. I didn't feel with a Celtic side, a far stronger Celtic side, who were absolutely buzzing from beating Rangers and Motherwell hadn't won this year in the league and you can see why because um, they're a pretty poor side joining it's mad isn't it can you imagine we actually went ahead with signing Stephen O'Donnell remember there was all this talk about how he should be at Celtic as a right back and you look at now proper scouting proper manager we've brought in a guy like JJ it's just can you imagine the position we could have been in if we went with you know certain other managers and there was a alternate universe after all the Cries about getting him in. Stephen O'Donnell's uh, the Scotland right back. How dare you? Maybe so, and I know that he bodied Jack Grealish, but and I'm not saying this was every Celtic fan saying it, but it was the lazy sort of mentality we were in at the time, wasn't it? Under certain other leaders, where Lenny, it was a case of just just buy just buy in the guys that we know, just buy in the guys that are decent against us. But John, the fact that we started without Juranovic and Jota, and we still look so threatening. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's a very, very strong squad we've got now, especially when you consider that Julian, I don't even think was on the bench yesterday, David Tumbles, no back yet, Kyogo, I don't know if he'll be back this season, Aideguchi wasn't in the uh, European squad, I'm not sure when he'll be back, so that's four first-team squad players and important players. Kyogo's still our most important player, I think. He's still the guy that makes the team tick, and we've not had him since December, and I think we've, we've won every game since, and that's just testament to the team, the manager, the new signings as well. This must be the first time that, that I can think in a long time that look, January signings have really made a big impact for us. Apart from uh, put old Idiguchi and I think, uh, was it Johnny Kenny? I think he's a Celtic B player, but every other player's hit the ground running and made an impact and become extremely important players, and I don't know the players will be, will be desperate to keep playing the new and keep this run going and I don't know, maybe we'll even get a no bad attendance when we play Rafe at the weekend. I'm actually even going. And I don't even I don't bother usually with uh cup cup games at home against sort of championship teams. That's how much of a fair weather fan I am folks. But no, I'm actually going to go to the Rafe game and I doubt very much we'll play a full strength team, but even if we make a few changes, you know it's gonna be good players that are hungry that are coming in and even as I know you mentioned earlier, even something like Greg Taylor. I mean, he, we we talked about him the, the the podcast after the Rangers game, but he was like excellent again yesterday. And he just seems completely transformed. I know we talk about Rogic being transformed, but Greg Taylor has been just a player reborn in the last couple of games. And okay, maybe we'll know last, but no, he deserves a lot of credit as well. I thought he was excellent again yesterday, and as I said uh, the other night in the podcast, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a left back. Going forward. Let me just ask you now, John, what was your favourite passage I played yesterday? Your favourite moment? Let me hear it. Uh, probably that uh, one towards the end of the game where Jota went on a, a ridiculously good mazy run and Liam Kelly saved it. I think he beat two or three players. That was just brilliant football. I mean, there was no reason for Jota to like, do that. The game was already won. But he was desperate to score, and that was my favourite because it was just a throwback to the 
great Celtic wingers of the past, a brilliant Maisie running, a brilliant shot, and it'd have been a great goal as well. What's uh, What was your favourite moment? Again, it didn't lead to a goal, but my favourite moment was by far when Anthony Ralston clipped the ball. It was like maybe 20 minutes to go or so. Ralston clipped the ball over to Rogic, who took like four amazing touches. He effortlessly glided past the Marble player, just left him reeling. He played this long diagonal to Jota with his right foot. And then the moment, John, in the game where I just thought, wow, we're seeing another side to Tom Rogic now that that would have been Rogic done his bit in the past and another player up front would have probably finished it or, you know, had had an effort. But Rogic started that move and then he went to attempt to finish it. Like he, he must have ran about, what, 50 yards to get Jota's pass and he hit it against the post and it was annoying because it really deserved a goal. But I remember just applauding that for, must have been like a good sort of 30 seconds or so, John, the effort that he put in. He made it, again, just look so simple. The way that he took it past that Marable player who was dying just to chop him down. He went past him like he wasn't there in the ball when he's weaker foot. And then, you know, at that stage in the game, he still have the energy after he's played in midweek to receive the ball. And he was so unlucky. Um, honestly, man, it was just a... A phenomenal bit of play and it's great to see Tom Rogic Lightless just enjoying his football and listeners to reiterate Rizzo has always been a massive Rogic fan even when Rogic has to be impressive you've always believed in him haven't you John? Yep I think the only person that's a bigger Rogic fan is our old pal Adele for Twitter she goes on about Rogic all the time but no I've always uh, loved Tom Rogic and he was really unlucky no I get that hat trick but before we go on to the other topics I must have lost the plot here, but I can't remember the penalty that we used to go yesterday, the, the legendary um pundit, let's call him Chris Boyd, was going on about where a Motherwell player handballed it. Was that when Gigi hit the shot and it was blocked? Yes, yes, right, okay. I believe a Motherwell player handballed it when Gigi hit it and then a badder knocked it in, but he was offside. But I, I believe we should have had a penalty there. Right, but when I saw that, I didn't even notice that, but there you go. If Chris Boyd thinks it's a penalty, then... Uh, hmm. Right, okay, well, it was a brilliant win, yes. And are we going to talk about the title race now then, Stevie? Well, we are in a title race, John. I didn't think it was going to stay four points by like 6pm yesterday. You pretty much knew Hearts with a record at Ibrox and Glasgow in general. Like You knew Rangers were going to win one way or another. In the end, it was a bit emphatic for them, 5-0. But, John, we're in a title race. Me and you have seen plenty of them before, and that's what being a football fan's all about. That's what being a Celtic fan's all about. You want to go into games, be your absolute best to win. There's no room for error. <laughs> and any drop points can be a disaster. But how amazing is it is when the other side as well, John, when they're playing at the same time, like they will be on Wednesday, like the buzz when they drop points and you know the pendulum can swing one way or the other. It's just really exciting. And I, for one, love it after, you know, crying out for years of it, of excitement again in the Scottish League. It's good for the league, but more importantly, John, it's good for us because we know, we, we're now sort of setting the pace and I'd rather be in that position than chasing. Aye, there wasn't really that much a title race like a couple of years ago with Aberdeen and no, there's no disrespect to Aberdeen. I don't any really took them seriously as contenders even if they were like six points behind in March or something. I don't really think MD did. And it's always means more when it's up against Rangers. This Rangers or the old Rangers, but it always means more. I mean, that that's that's what will make it even better if we do win the title that we're managing to get one over Rangers. And as you say, that I, I 
did expect that we won yesterday as well. I just don't think Hearts are really much cop in Glasgow. I thought they'd win relatively comfortably, and they did. And as you say, it's always a lot more interesting. We're both playing at the same time, which we will be on Wednesday. And obviously, we've, we don't really bother about Rangers that much, but we'll obviously like need to check the score when they're playing like at the same time as us, or if it's the day before us, so that we know what we've got to do or put pressure on them. Because I think we might, I know, I think they're playing before us in the next league game after the cup game. I think we're both playing the Sunday, but I think they're playing ahead of us. So that'll be probably more pressure on us to get the win. We're playing Dundee. And then I think the week after that, we're playing before them. We've got Hibs at Easter Road and they're playing somebody at home. Actually, they're at, Tan- they're at Tanadice, in fact, the same day that we're, at, uh, we're playing Dundee. So that could be another big day. So no, it's going to be epic, I'm sure. It's like 13 games to go, 13 cup finals. Well, We've got some hard games, but I don't know. This Celtic team, as Ange says, is relentless, and I'm even fairly confident, touch wood, that we could even go to the Livingston and win the notorious Tony Macaroni. Well, we constantly fall on our faces. We're playing there on the 6th of March, which is my mum's birthday, so hopefully it'll not be a, a crappy birthday for her. Every game's going to be huge. Every drop point is going to feel just dreadfully annoying. But no... I'm sure everybody at Celtic is excited about it and can't wait for it. I'm sure the fans and the players are all... They'd actually be bring it on, and that's what it's all about. You can tell there's a real unity, can't you, between the fans and the players and the manager, of course. Now, touched on that, obviously, when we beat Rangers, but there's such a togetherness, and I felt it yesterday after the game too. You're talking about we're in a title race. I'm going to ask what sort of the similarities you feel with previous title races, but this feels like 2010, 2011 to me. You remember how... Back then, that Celtic side were slowly getting put together. We, we bought in so many players in the summer up against the Rangers side who were the champions the season before. That was, of course, Neil Lennon's first proper season. Uh, there was a lot of stupid drop points. And then, as we remember, John, after the winter break that season, Celtic were flying. Some of the football we played, I remember we went to Tanadice, we went to Pitodre, we went Easter Road, and we battled teams. And it was only for really stupid decision-making at the end of that season that we weren't the winners of. But I can't really see Ange letting the players go out and get bevving after a win against Dundee United <laughs> before we've got a crucial game in midweek. So I'm confident, <laughs> I'm confident I'm confident in the big man and I'm confident in the team for this one. But yeah, does it feel like that type of title race to you? I mean, I can see some similarities between 2010 and 2011 and now, but I think... This season, I think we were written off a lot earlier than we were that season. I really don't think MD thought Celtic would come close to challenging Rangers this season, especially when we started. Well, you might have, because I know you've always bought into Ange, but when you, when we consider how we started the season so badly, and we'd spent the last, the whole summer chasing after Eddie Howe and getting nowhere, I think we really were at a low ebb, and that's about a difference between 2010-11 and now I know there are still some similarities with like it's a new manager well sort of because Lenny was caretaker manager the season before and got the job after losing to Ross County in the Scottish Cup semi-final but that's a story for another day so I can see some similarities of what we're building a team it's a hungry team the fans are all united and I don't know if we'll start playing like dodgy songs though like reggae songs before games and stuff though but uh <laughs> And I like reggae as well, but maybe not that song. But, uh, no, I don't know, maybe... I was going to say maybe 2011-12, because we were, 
written off again, although we were like something like 11 or 12 points behind. We've never been that badly behind this season. I think the most was like maybe 8 or 9 when Rangers, when we played like after Rangers. And unfortunately, I don't think Rangers are going to uh, go to administration this season. But you never know, right, lads? So, and of course, we had a, a big statement win against Rangers that season when we win one nothing. Joel Edley scored with that statement win against Rangers all night. Then the game after that, where I think people, we went and beat them fairly, I think 3 or 4-0. Similar, we go to Motherwell and win 4-0. That was a team we like that was hungry now they was united as well. So I think as I think that I can see 10, 11 and 11, 12 similarities. And we should have won the league in 10, 11, as you said, we done some daft things. We did some daft things up at Inverness Day when Lenny sort of picked a weird team and just fell apart. And we did win the league in 11, 12. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going overboard yet, but if we keep up, this level of performance, we really can win the league, but it's one game at a time, and I'm sure Angie and other players will not even be thinking about the games in March or April or May, or even next week, they'll just be thinking about Wednesday. And that's the last topic of this show, Aberdeen at Petaudry. Now, John, I watched them against Livingston, so the highlights anyway that were extended, and they were appalling at Livingston, but then, <laughs> who eat it's like anyone for churning out a shocker up there? But the second goal, really, if you're an Aberdeen fan, that should alarm you. The big gaps they leave in their defence, you know, the pace of Alan Forrest that got in between them, a um, couple of touches, and he was, you know, like yards in front of them, took his goal well. And I think Celtic can definitely exploit their defence. I think they're there to be got at. I don't think this time at Petodre is going to be anywhere near as sort of nerve wracking as what it was in October when this was a Celtic side that were playing within themselves. They hadn't fully gelled. Now we have John after the manager's comments about not stopping, wanting to hit teams for four, five, six until they hit the ground. I think we're going to take that attitude right into Petaudry. And I think we're going to just start and blitz them really early. You know, I'm going to actually say that we're going to storm into a two or three goal lead in the first half. I think we're going to take them apart. My prediction for it is I believe now Celtic three. I don't know, I think it may be a bit closer than that, just because it's always been closer, even and like when we used, to, we've not really hammered them since like maybe Gordon Gordon Strang's time as manager. I can't really remember as going up there and like beating them like four or oh, five. Come on, what about Brent? Well, maybe not four and five, but that game under Brendan, like the most complete Brendan performance, we won three nil. Aye, well, like that wasn't like a four or five six nil job. I mean, I've seen us like when I think five and six nil up there. So. I don't think that'll happen for a start. I don't think Scott Brown would allow that to happen because he'll be up for it. I don't care what MDC is. He'll be well up for that. I mean, anyone will do it. I hope it's not like any everyone. And just like you, I don't think it will be. I mean, I think I'll be relatively comfortable. I think I think we'll make changes. I would imagine that Juranovic will be back. As you say, I would, I would start Gigi, but I don't think that he will start. And I think Jota will be back in the team as well. So... It'll be interesting to see, because he, I think he'll probably play strongest team possible, and then he'll make changes on uh, Sunday when we play Rafe Rovers. I think we might see a much challenge, a much different. The we'll see a team with a lot of changes there, especially as we've got that game in Europe next Thursday as well. So this could be like the last start for uh, maybe a week for some of the players. So they'll be out to prove a point, and I think we'll win. I think Rangers will probably win as well. They're playing Hibs and. 
I don't really hold out much hope for them, but I think it'll be 3 1. Well, John, the most important thing is the Celtic players go out and have fun and enjoy ourselves. But the other most important thing is we get the three points, and I think we will. So we have both predicted wins. Let's hope we don't look stupid on episode 96. Huh? We probably will anyway. Correct. Have you seen my face on the Instagram videos? No comment. Right, so before John does his outro, I just want to say we will be back. It will be episode 96, although Reads won't be on it. So I'll try and find a replacement for that, likely on the Thursday night, because on a Wednesday, I'll be doing a live YouTube reaction with Hamish. The Perriers are going to watch the Aberdeen Celtic game on the Wednesday. And then, as always, we'll do the 67 Hail Hail YouTube live. So you know where to tune in for that. As always, that's appreciated too for the channel. So, cheers for listening. I'm Stevie. Here's hoping we do the business on Wednesday. John, take it away. Yes, uh, sorry the listeners that I'll not be on. On Thursday, I'm going to the Knocked Loose and Terror concert. One for the hardcore punk fans out there. So, maybe some of the gig pod mass will be at that concert. But uh, yes, thanks for everybody for listening. You know what to get is in all the usual places by now. All the usual podcast platforms and Thanks for all your downloads recently. The podcast is just going from strength to strength. Just let's sell it to Tmar. So thanks for listening and keep on listening. And we'll be back, well, Stevie at least, we'll be back on Thursday. And hopefully we'll be talking about another Celtic win and keeping the run going. Thanks everybody for listening and hail, hail. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.